Uh, but man, Miss Lisa, I'm excited because today is something uh, a little bit different. And you're like, there's, like a, there's a lot of chairs up here. That my son tried to box me in with all the chairs. He's making <laughs> me feel a little claustrophobic here. But, but, uh, uh, but, but we have something really cool happening today, and it's 545, okay? And some of you are like, what does that mean? Well, listen, one of the things that we love, we love to let people, other than just myself, get up here and share a little bit. So we have five speakers that are going to get a, the opportunity today to share for five minutes, and uh, it's going to be so much fun. I actually want to take time to introduce all of them to you, and this is kind of the kickoff of a, a new series here that we're calling uh, uh, Future Me, and uh, it's going to be good. And so as we kind of do this, I want you to kind of give it up for them as they come. We, we got first, we got Mr. B.J. Jones. Somebody give it up. <laughs> B.J., uh, BJ not only serves uh, on sound, uh, he serves in DC Kids. Him and his family are active and engaged. Uh, he's uh, got, to, by the way, if you're wondering, his last name is Jones and my last name is Jones. Uh, I don't think we're related, at least not unless we, we, we I mean, we just got to just find out where the family tree goes, but uh, it's somewhere, yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, secondly, I want to let you know about Mr. TJ Nock, who's going to be coming out. And by the way, TJ... TJ is another one of those guys. He 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 has multiple roles. He's up here playing keys, uh, and uh, he's gifted. Him and his wife have two wonderful kids that they are raising and just making the to be world changers and stuff. It's going to be awesome. Uh, next, I want you to give it up for uh, Miss Chanel Singh, who's going to be coming today as well. Chanel is our next gen leader. She also uh, helps here to uh, to lead. Uh, our youth ministries, but also helping to oversee all of our kids' men, uh, things that are going on in the back. So uh, she's always one. By the way, if it, she, you better watch. She'll come for you because she is passionate about the students, uh, both little and big, of uh, Discover Church. She's excited about uh, serving them. Uh, lastly, uh, there's this guy who they say sometimes we look, uh, or not lastly, but second to last, we got this guy who they say looks a little bit like me. His name's Cody Jones. Uh, and... Uh, if you didn't know, uh, yes, Cody is my brother. This is one Jones that I can say is related to me. They say I'm the better looking one of the brothers, but uh, that's what they say. At least that's what they tell me to my face anyway. But, uh, but Cody uh, not only plays drums, but he has a heart for the teens and youth uh, as well of Discover Churches and involved in so many ways. And uh, to kick it off for us today uh, is uh, is going to be a guy that uh, I, I is, is just a spiritual giant to me. He's uh, somebody I'm so excited to have in my life and somebody to be able to call a friend, and that's Mr. Tom Softly. So come on up, Mr. Tom. Tom, uh, Tom serves in so many ways. He's an usher. He's a greeter. He's on the prayer team. Uh, he does a little bit of everything, and so he's going to kick it off uh, for us today. All right? You ready? Are we ready? Are you all ready? All right. They're ready. Thank you very much. Thank you, Frank, Tracy, worship team. That was awesome this morning. Uh, I'm still messed up. So, um, again, as Pastor Curtis said, my name is Tom. My lovely wife is back in the corner. Her name is Maureen. Uh, we're part of the GO team. We're also, I'm going to get a plug in here, uh, we also lead the Freedom Group. So, as Pastor Curtis said, if you only sign up for one, sign up for Freedom Group, okay? Um, so, anyhow, my wife and I, we've been married for 21 going on 22 years. We have five children between us. Our last one just left the house a couple weeks ago. Her, his name is Joshua. <laughs> Joshua is in the Air Force. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, he's just finishing up week four. Um, in a limited amount of time that we've spoken to him, 
two phone calls, one yesterday, praise God, one letter, um, we see that he's struggling a little bit, okay? He's struggling with his physical training a little bit. He's getting better. He's also struggling with his uh, drill competency. Quite honestly, mom and dad are struggling a lot <laughs> um, because he's, he's, he's our baby. We want to be there for him. We want to help him. We want to encourage him. But he's an adult now, right? So not only do we have to trust him to go ahead and push ahead and succeed, we got to trust God, that God will help Joshua press forward as well. And you see, it's in those moments that God has reassured me that if I will surrender and come to him by faith, he will provide me with a peace that surpasses all understanding and an assurance that he has this. All of my decisions, all of my thoughts, all of my cares, I must surrender to him. By only bringing him into part of my life, part of my decisions, indicates that all I need and all that I'm after is what? A part-time God. That's not what he wants. That's not what I want. Philippians 3, if you have your Bibles, if you have your, your Bible app or whatever, Philippians 3. Paul said this in Philippians 3. He said, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling me, is calling us. You see, I'm not my own. I have been bought with a price. Colossians 1 says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transformed us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. So we are faced each and every day with decisions. Every day, every minute, we're faced with decisions. He wants to be a big part of those decisions. Quite honestly, he wants to be the part of those decisions. I've lived a life of, of making decisions without consulting him. Most of those, quite honestly, probably all of those have turned out badly. I failed out of college. I have a failed first marriage. I've lost custody of my first two children. I've lost a job, and so on, and so on, and so on. All as a result of following my decisions, not his. My way, not his. So, and this has been especially important over the last several weeks since the last several months, when I quiet my thoughts, and this is a challenge sometimes for me, I hear this impression, I hear this small voice, this impression, whatever you want to call it. Peace comes with surrender and with faith. A knowing that I can go ahead and I can question, I can struggle, I can despair, I can even rage sometimes. And God will still stand by me. And eventually, he will help me see my situations more clearly. But, Pretending that I don't need him is not what will bring me peace. The Lord said in Jeremiah, or yeah, Jeremiah 18, O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? 
As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. He is asking this. He's asking me this. Will I let him shape and mold me the way he desires? Will I surrender that which seems good to me so that he can give me what he knows is good for me? And lastly, this. Surrender or submission always precedes anything great. It does require humility, it does require faith, and it does require trust. Trust that God is able to do something special with who you are and what you have. There's a gentleman by the name of Smith Wigglesworth, and he said this. He said, there is something about believing God that will cause him to pass over a million people just to get to you. Are we our own or are we his? Thank you. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? So I really wanted to just do this offhand, but whenever that happens, I just talk for about a half hour. So uh, then I get yelled at. Y'all don't have to live by him. So, you know, he, he'll yell at me, you know. But uh, if everybody can help me out for a second, I've got a little interactive uh, piece here. So basically, if you aren't where you thought you would be in life or your career at this point, can you raise your hand, like, in the future? Right, right, in the past, not the future, right? So that's for me, too. I mean, um, it's, it's crazy because, you know, you have an idea when you come, um, when, you know, of what growing up is and versus what growing up is. And it's two different, two different ideas, you know. So basically, so if you don't know me, uh, especially when it comes to my career path, um, one of my hardest questions people ask me is, what do I do for a living? Um, and if you know what I do for a living, you, it makes sense, but imagine trying to explain what I do. And basically what I do is I run a training facility for baseball and softball players or athletes. Okay? It doesn't really sound like a real job. I get that. But I promise it is. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, I work with kids and people from ages, let's say kids, from ages 6 to 85 years old. So, and I meet people from all around the world, all different um, cultures. And the best part about it is um, I'm really able to talk to them and talk to the kids and kind of learn about their life. And I'm really intrigued, especially by people who live differently than I do. Um, and you can learn a lot. You can learn also about how to speak to people and how to understand and present, uh, present God in a way where they'll understand rather than uh, pushing them uh, or pushing it through them, I guess is a better way to say it. But anyway, I'm not up here really to say about, to talk about what I still do. I mean, uh, this would be a great advertisement, though. But anyway, uh, you know, go to, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but so coming out of high school, I'm going to talk about real quick um, how I got to where I am. So coming out of high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do for a living, which is every 12th grader on earth. Um, and so I liked playing baseball, um, but uh, my shoulders wouldn't really keep up, and God kept slamming every single door that I kept trying to push open. I don't know if anybody's ever tried to do that. Uh, the door is locked, and you keep trying to run through it. Uh, that doesn't really work. So I decided I'd go to college for physical therapy. I also got a uh, job in a physical therapy office while going to school, which was really nice because um, you kind of get to know what kind of career your, uh, the path looks like um, while you work there. So I was there for about seven years, and 
I realized I didn't like touching people that much. <laughs> um, and that's sort of the whole thing, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, rubbing lower backs and feet. And, you know, so you all just can imagine that. So thank you to every uh, medical worker on earth because I don't want to do that. But, but, yeah, so while working there, I also went to college still, and then I also was doing baseball and softball lessons, and I was also renting facilities out all at the same time. It just got to be a point where I'm sure you guys have felt. It just was being, becoming a lot. I was working. I wasn't living. I uh, was having a hard time giving uh, time to my family. So it became a lot, and... Um, I decided to, uh, with a lot of prayer, a lot of support from my wife, thank God, um, I thought it'd be a good idea to um, jump into my instruction full-time, uh, which, of course, seems like a great idea, right, when you just say, you know what, I think we'll coach baseball forever, you know, um, and, but luckily it did, it, it really uh, worked out for me, um, but it didn't go smoothly at all, and, you know, one of the things is I can't really tell you why I made some of the career choices I made, or how even they worked out. I'm sure you've seen that in your life. But the biggest thing I did was I created a foundation of people who support me and support my decisions. And they give me good advice and aren't just yes men. I think we all need that. And the biggest one, though, is just trusting God in the process. Um, the largest factor when I was choosing these people uh, to put in my corner was to have characteristics that, and beliefs that aligned with me. Uh, the people in my corner are God first, and they want the best for my family. Um, so the biggest thing I can't stress enough is to just be sure uh, when you're making life decisions or when you're trying to um, find which door to open, um, be sure to not live life alone. Uh, keep your prayer life strong and have daily conversations with God. Make sure when you're selecting that support staff that they can give you what you need to excel in life excel in life, excel in life, right? So not just to keep you flat. So real quick, Pastor Kermit's, Curtis's sermon series is focused on the fruits of the Spirit, which is Galatians 5.22, um, which explains what the fruits of the Spirit are. So when you're thinking of these close friends and family, do, do they fall in line with Galatians 5.22, which is, but the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do people that are the closest in your life follow those characteristics? And the question that you have uh, a little more control over is, do you lead a life through the fruits of the Spirit? It, if, if you're going through a time where you don't know which door to open and which door to close, be sure to, op to be open to friends and family around you. Pray about and trust that God has a plan, not only for you and your career path, but for your life. But be prepared, okay, because God's path for you will definitely take you out of your comfort zone. Right, guys? <laughs> Just like it has for us five. Thank you, guys. Good morning. I, like Cody, am out of my comfort zone here, but I need a little bit of participation this morning. How many of us have people in our life that is like our A1 from day one, our ride to die, our bestie, someone that we can go to when we need them? I have them. Okay. But how many of us have had or had people in our life that just, well, to be blunt, suck? 
For those who don't know me, my name is Chanel, and I'm in the process of healing. Healing from people who suck and suck the life out of me and my family. The last seven months, I've been working on the process of forgiveness, working on no longer feeling hopelessness and finding my joy, no longer feeling angry and betrayed, but feeling his peace and showing others his gentleness. I've been working on my new spiritual life, a life lived in and with God. Before I was welcomed into this family here at Discover Church, my spiritual life was dead. I was no longer reading my Bible. My lips were uncircumcised, a lot. <laughs> I pulled away from everything that he called me to do. Kids ministry, youth ministry, Bible studies, ladies ministry, and he pulled me away from my church family that I had known who had watched me and my family grow for 17 years. Why? Two simple words, people suck. People that had come to know me and my family personally, people that had God placed over my church family. We can all agree that the deepest hurt that you experience are the ones that are closest to you. The hurt comes from their words, their actions, their exclusion, their dishonesty, their hypocrisy. My kids have been working with me on that word. And turning a blind eye to things that are not in line with God and with the church. So therefore, I felt helpless and I felt hopeless. The harsh words that were said to me and spoken behind my back chipped away at my spiritual life. The names that I were called still eat at me. This battle went on for the most part of two years. I was left broken. So I did the only thing that I knew and had control to do. I took those broken pieces and I built the wall around me and my family. Because guess what? You're not gonna get to us anymore. So I used those pieces the best way I knew how. I was mad at God, I let him know. I treated him like others treated me. I told him I didn't love him and I didn't love his people because if the people that were called to be the church treated me the way that I was treated, I didn't want any part of it. But how many of us know that God pursues us relentlessly, gracefully, and humbly? He never gives up. Romans 8.39 tells us that nothing we can do can separate us from his love, even when we get mad at him and turn away from him. He pursues me with every smile I see on Sunday mornings, every devotional text from sweet ladies like Emily, Maureen, and Kelly, from our DC kiddos that yell my name all the time and give me hugs like Cambria, McKinley, Bowen, Avery, Amara, the youth like Emily, the Avas, I got two of them, John, Anthony, and Gavin, who accepted me as I am. We have all created a bond and a friendship because we met each other right where we were. The families who have trusted me with helping guide your children with their walk, every encouraging word spoken to me and my family, these simple things are rebuilding my spiritual life. In Zephaniah 3.17, it says, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. We have all been hurt. We have all hurt others, and we all will be hurt. It's a part of life. If you're hurting, I'm sorry. It won't last forever if, and the key word is if, we don't allow our hopelessness, our depression, our anger and anxiety drain our spiritual life. When we hurt, we become blind, and we can't see anything but our hurts and the ones who hurt us. It consumes us. 
we end up running from the one that can help us. But that's where we need to get close to Jesus because he's our comforter. We need to get plugged in and connected. We need to know that we're not alone. Jesus is waiting for you. He wants to let you in. He wants you to let him in. He wants to love you. He wants to help you heal. We need to remember that it says in Romans 12, 11 and 12, the message version, don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and inflamed. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Because let's face it, people sucked yesterday. They're going to suck today. And they're probably going to suck tomorrow. That was good. That was really good. Well, I got five minutes, so I got to get right to it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. Pastor asked me to speak. I said, well, I'm already going to be on the worship team, so I'll be there. And he gave me fresh manna. And anybody that knows me knows I love the Word of God. And it's just amazing that he would give me fresh manna because fresh manna is really good. Think about it. You, you, you got food in the fridge, and you heat it up, and it may have marinated, and it tastes great. But there's nothing like a fresh donut coming off of the coming off look 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 at y'all there's nothing like a fresh bun when they heat it up at the restaurant it's something about fresh manna and so I went back and forth about this I was like five minutes I was like Lord help me because man I was like I I just love God's word and 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 so it's God's word that keeps us if you listen at what Tom shared and if you listen at what Cody shared and, and Chanel, everybody pivoted around the word of God. It was getting back to the word to get them back to God. Because, man, we can make so many decisions outside of God. But if we always take the word for what the word says, not what, not what he says, not what your friend says, but if we take the word for what the word of God says, it's fresh manna every day. I, I work in a brown box all day long, and I have to have fresh manna. One, I'm in a hot box. It's going to heat it up for me. But people come to me all day long, and they're like, thank you for my package. And then I'm like, Hey, and they're like, you know, after I say whatever I say, and I'm like, you made my day. And they don't realize that it's the spirit. John um, chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said, it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh. It profits nothing. But the words that I speak to you, they're spirit in life. You can just be in normal conversation and say, hey, buddy, how you doing today? And you can bless their day just by your words. But isn't it amazing we don't even talk to people? We can stand in a line and wait for food for 20 minutes, and we don't even say hi to the person beside us. And we may have life inside of us just to say hi to a person. Isn't that amazing that we would stand in line and not even say, and, and for the most part, we're probably going like this. And I was convicted one day. I was at Chipotle, and I was on my phone like all the 20 people beside me. But I said, man, if a gunman were to walk in right now, we're toast. Every last one of us, me too. You'd be mourning me this morning because we were all just looking down at our foods. And I'm like, man, we've got to do better than this. God has given us fresh manna every day. He's given us supply every day. And what I find amazing, I wanted to develop this, but five minutes isn't enough time. But I tell you what, we got microwaves. You can get a lot in five minutes. So I'm going to give you a little bit of something. But listen. The children of Israel, God put it on the ground every morning. It was a matter of trust. It wasn't a matter of what the food was. They called it manna because they were like, what is this? You ever had kids? You give them something, they look at you like, I don't want that. I want this. I don't want that. That's called being unthankful and ungrateful. You take the food because it was provided. It was provided.
it doesn't matter that it didn't have the quarter pounder with the cheese on it. You take it and you eat it and you receive it. That's God's word. Somebody come to you, they say, hey, the word of God says this. And you say, I don't believe that. And you say, but it says this. I don't believe that. But it says this. I don't believe that. You humble yourself, you kill your pride, and you face the reality that God's word is God's word. And you actually take the Bible, no offense to the word, and you stand on it. You literally take God's word because it's the manna. And I'm getting excited. I get excited. Don't think this is performance. I'm like this in the brown truck. When I get out of my truck and I make deliveries, I'm just this excited. I had a lady tell me, I just told my wife, I, I, she's, I was at the post office in Fellowsburg, and she said, how are you? I hadn't met her before. Now she's in for a treat. I said, I said, I'm doing good. I'm spectacular, fantabulous, awesome, amazing, gregarious. She looked at me and she said, get out of here. Why? People can't be that way. That's what we think. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. I may not have the muscles that uh, uh, Chris has. He, he shouldered me one day and it hurt. And I'm still, a, I'm hurt. I'm carrying a fence because that hurt. But I don't have his muscles. I tell him all the time, he's got a nice build. But I got the word of God, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. And not everybody's going to receive you, and that's okay, because not everybody needs to receive you. And in fact, if everybody like you, that's probably a problem, because that means there's some kind of compromise in your life. But I got 49 seconds, so I'm, I'm still excited. <laughs> I'm still excited. But, but, but he said, give us this day our daily bread. It's a matter of trust. It really is. In fact, I may as well just share this since I got 40, 40 seconds, 37. So I may as well share this. He put the manna on the ground, and he told him, Take an omer, which I kind of looked it up, which it really didn't matter, but basically it was just like two quarts. My wife bakes, so two quarts. Just take two quarts. Don't take, don't take for tomorrow, because the Bible said in the morning it was stinking. So the matter from yesterday, pastor preached today, you got to get something fresh in the morning. You got to get up and get in the word in the morning. You can't wait for pastor to preach on Sunday. You'll miss it through the week. Somebody's depending on your word. And if you take pastor's word, go home and develop it. Just go home and study it. I spend more time in the word. Now, I got off social media. It's been about two months now, and I challenge myself. Oh, my time is up. But listen, get in the word of God. It is your manna. Amen. <laughs> Revelations 21.4, I got the scripture, God laid it upon my heart when you started talking about it. It says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death, neither sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain. It's going to be hard to get through this. Job 19.25 says, but as for me, I know that my Redeemer liveth. December 21st of 2004, we celebrated our daughter Caitlin's fourth birthday. December 22nd of 2004, I received the two worst phone calls that I could ever receive in my whole life. I received the phone call that my wife Denise had been in a terrible car accident. Somebody T-boned my wife going between 90 and 100 miles an hour. The second phone call that I received in my life that shattered my heart in a million pieces is that our daughter Caitlin had ended up passing away in that automobile accident three days before Christmas. The nursing home was gracious enough to open up the nursing home on Christmas Day. And as I walked towards Caitlin's casket, I was holding the one thing that she wanted for Christmas, 
was our Dora the Explorer Christmas doll. I walked up to that casket and I laid that doll in her casket and I just knew that wasn't my daughter laying in that casket because the, the spirit that made her alive was there no more. I touched her hair and I touched the small of her earlobe because it was the only thing that felt real. All of us had stood in front of a casket and seen one of our loved ones laying there. But her hair and her earlobe were the only things that felt real. And I looked, and as I looked at her, I just thought, I asked God, I said, God, how am I going to live the rest of my life without my little baby girl? This today is my little baby. It was at that moment of my life I wasn't, even in a, I wasn't even a follower of Christ at that time. We started going to church, and I gave my heart to the Lord. But, you know, when you go to church, sometimes, you know, I said the words, but it never penetrated into my heart because the pain blocked Jesus out of my life. And I'm telling you, a year and a half later, I was driving in my car. And you know the day that they dedicated the temple, that Solomon dedicated the temple, that the glory of the Lord filled that temple up. I'm telling you today, I cried out to God. I said, God, I said, if you're really real, I need something today. I need to know that she's all right. And I'm telling you one thing, the glory of the Lord filled my truck, and it was as if Jesus Christ was sitting right beside me. I had a weight upon my shoulder that God was sitting there with his hand upon me. He spoke these three little statements into my life. I've got her. She's fine. But I needed to change my life. As Job said, but as for me, I know that my Redeemer liveth. My heart was healed in a second because I took my eyes off the pain and I put them upon Jesus Christ. He is the one who healed my life. You know, we go, to, we, go to, we go to prayer, and we're asking God to give us all these things, and da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, will you heal me? Will you do this? Will you do this? You know what? God's omnipotent. He knows everything that you already need. You know what God wants? He wants you to surrender, and he wants you to say, God, I don't care what I'm going through. I don't care what life brings me. All I need is you, Jesus. And God has, and for the past 19 years, God has given me so many moments of my life. I went up to one lady's house. I built power lines for uh, Delaware Co-op. We're a contractor. And I went up to a lady's house one day, and I went to get her, tell her that her power was going to go off. She came to the uh, door, and she was crying. Um, my daughter's full name is Caitlin Nicole Jones. And the lady came to the door. She was crying, and I asked her what, um, you know, what was going on. And she said that she had just lost a child. You know what that lady's name was? Caitlin Nicole. That's what that lady's name was. Can you, can you believe that? And then the second moment that I've had within the past two weeks, and this is something that I want you guys, we're going to play a little, little bit of a song here in a little bit, but I was driving home from work one day, and I, I heard this song. And the song name, the song's name is In Jesus' Name. You know, what the, you know what the lady's name is that sings that song? 
Her name's Katie Nicole. And it's a song about healing. And I can, if there was a song that I believe that this lady right here, this little baby would sing in heaven before Jesus, this is that song. And I know today there are people in here, I'm sure every single person has that person that they're missing in heaven today. And I'm telling you, that person, that person's happy, okay? We may be hurting here on earth, but there's no greater place that those people can be, and they know it, all right? So what I want you to do is each and every one of you, I want you to, to take a picture in your mind of that person, and I want you to picture them standing before the Lord, and I want you to picture them pleading these words to Jesus Christ for your healing heart. Because when I ride down that road, when I listen to those words, I know that my little daughter in heaven is singing these words to Jesus to heal me and my wife and my family's life. And if you would, just picture that person, and I just want you to listen to the words of this song. Today. 